Well, good morning, Grand Prairie Alliance, and uh, what a good time it's been of worship already. I really enjo enjoyed uh, uh, Jen and Wes at the beginning. If you miss that, it's the first 10 minutes of the pre-service, and they'll be coming on back after the service uh, just to chat with you just a little bit more. But, but thank you so much for being so supportive. You've been giving financially. Uh, you've been online watching us. We can see those statistics. Uh, just wanted to let you know, our life groups are still meeting. They're doing it on Zoom. And uh, there is a thing called Zoom fatigue that's going around, and I know that. Uh, I feel it, I experience it, and I would say it's not the normal, although I think we've proven that we can use a little more. Uh, we have parenting classes that we've been going with. Uh, Sunday school teachers are creating their own lessons. My wife is even online uh, with her Sunday school class, and uh, we are doing our best to connect with you guys. Uh, our youth ministry is doing Zoom games nights and talk shows, and... Uh, we even are talking about maybe putting Elf online. So we are doing everything, no matter where we're at today, that we can connect. And I think like you, we are all longing to come back together. And uh, we keep trying to think of creative ways that we could do that. And uh, so I thank you, by the way, for all the ideas you've often come up for. Let's bow our heads and pray. Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you for this church. I want to thank you for all the churches in Grand Prairie and around the world that have done so well in coming online. As I heard two years ago, the Christian presence on uh, the internet, on social media, was less than 1% of everybody that's there. I think we've upped that game now. Oh God, may we continue to engage our culture, especially those under 30 that are searching online for answers. Oh God, we have answers. Your scripture is so true. You are powerful. You are true God. And we want to be able to push back the gates of hell. So as we go to your word this morning, help it to lift our souls, to uh, fill us up from the inside out. In Jesus Christ's name I pray, amen. See, the other day I received an email and uh, it said that my Netflix account needed some correcting being done. The email claimed they had tried to take my uh, payment out, but it didn't work. And all I had to do was click the link in the email and give them my credit card number. And so, of course, I didn't do that. I don't trust them. And because I don't trust them, I had no faith in doing that. In fact, it's even got me in a little bit of trouble when I had... Uh, somebody contacting me with some important stuff and I ignored them because my trust level on internet, social media, emails isn't really huge, but there is an exception to that. We'll get into that in a moment. You may not be aware of it, but in the scriptures you will find now, I think it was four Sundays ago, we talked about Philippians 4, the memorization verse. Uh, you may not be aware of it, but Jesus himself, and we know theologically, doctrinally, that he was fully man and fully God. What that meant was he struggled with all the things that we struggle with. And we can look at his life in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and we can see some really good examples on how being fully man, how we can actually cope in stress. For example, we know that 
Jesus often withdrew to a lonely place to pray. We know that Jesus went fishing. We know that Jesus even met his disciples on the shore, had a fire going and fish frying. Well, there's a hat off to those that like to go camping. But Jesus modeled to us how to survive under stress and difficulties. And I think the most key passage that you will find that is in Matthew 26. This is where just the night before he was arrested, where Jesus went into a garden with his disciples to pray. And in fact, it was there that he was arrested. Now, he was under huge, he, he knew what was coming. He knew that, that he was about to be arrested. He knew that he was going to be falsely accused. He knew he was going to be hung on a cross and die a horrible death. And as the scripture there says, he sweat even drops of blood. He was under great stress. And I think as we go into that text, we can pull out of it just some really good coping methods on how to get through this isolation, the worry, the stress, the sleepless nights. So turn in your Bibles to Matthew 26, and let's start at verse 38. Starting at verse 38. I want you to notice that Jesus spoke out to the heavenly Father what he felt. He was practicing Philippians 4, be anxious about nothing but by prayer. Matthew 26, verse 38. Then he said to them, speaking to his disciples in the Garden of Gethsemane, my soul is very sorrowful even to death. Remain here and watch with me. And going a little farther, he fell on his face and prayed saying, Listen to this. My father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. And the guy's being real. He's talking to his father, his friend, his close connection. Jesus had a relationship with the father. He knew the father and the father knew him. In COVID-19, we need to have faith, but faith is not something that we can conjure up. It's not something that we can wish really hard upon and try to deep think ourselves into. We must understand the relationship between trust and faith. Let me explain what I mean. Who do you have the most faith in? I mean, put God aside for a moment. Who on this earth do you have most faith in? Let's be honest. It's the people that you really know. It's the people that have proven themselves trustworthy. And because you trust them, because you know them, you can have faith in them. When they say they will do this or that, you know it will likely come to pass. When I first met my wife, Carolyn, and she will kill me for this, and she's probably watching online. I'll give it all, sweetie, don't worry. When I first met her, she kicked me out of a toy store that she was working in. Now you're going, what kind of person would do that? Well, a person that cared about the business of the toy store because I wasn't behaving well. I wound up every single toy in the toy store. I was making fun of all the animals and different things, and... Uh, a good friend of mine had brought me to the toy store to meet her. 
it was kind of like a matchmaking. Thank you, Joel, if you happen to be watching. So she kicked me out, and because of my friends Joel's comments of who she was and that she actually did that to me, I want to be honest, and you can call me crazy, but I had to get to know her. She intrigued, well, it didn't hurt that she was really cute too, but I wanted to know where did she live? Where did she come from? How old was she? I, I wanted to know if she had siblings. What kind of family did she live in? And I knew what jobs she had already. I found out that she loved Jesus and that she had a great family, but I didn't really know her yet other than in a negative context. So let me ask you, do you think my trust level went up with her? Of course it did but it never nearly went up as much as if I actually got to know her. Fast forward, 35 years, we'll be hitting 35 years this May of marriage, and we dated for two years, so 37 years later, I know I can trust my wife, and I have faith in her when I ask her to do something, and she says she'll do it. I know that because I know her. I know her personally. I know her character. I know that she follows through. I know when she says she'll do something, she does it. Uh, what I'm saying is, well, I should mention that with my wife, I completely trust her and have faith in her, unless there's a shark, and then I better swim faster, and that is just another whole side issue. But again, I know her. What I'm saying is to have faith in God, you need to know him. And so how do you get to know him? Let me just give you two really simple principles. Number one, study him. But don't get stuck on that, but study him. Romans 10, 17 says, so faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. Kind of obvious, read the Bible. Listen to sermons. Get into the kind of initia, initia and the, the details of what the Bible's saying. Study Matthew, Mark, Luke and, Luke, and John. See how Jesus dealt with life and hardship. We have a habit of imposing on God our authority figure experiences. Our parents uh, might be teachers, but people in authority, we tend to transpose that up onto God. Don't do that. Get to know who he is. Study him. Get to see who he is on a very personal level. But if you get stuck just on the intellectual basis, like me getting to know my wife, until I actually became friends with her, until I talked to her and she talked to me, my trust level had a missing piece, and that's number two. You need to have a relationship with the Heavenly Father through his Son, Jesus Christ. John 3.16, you all know it, at least I hope you do. It says, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but to save the world through him. Do you know him? Have you come to the Father through Jesus Christ? Have you said, yes, I am in need of a savior? Ephesians 5.15, I, I love how it puts this whole dynamic of, of knowing him and trusting him. Look carefully then when you walk, not as unwise but as wise, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. Ugh. 
Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. That's studying him. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. That isn't just studying him, that's knowing him. That's having his presence internally inside of you because you are born again. Because you spend time on your knees, you, you read his word, you, you, you bring stuff to him like Jesus did. And you say, oh God, this is tough, this is hard. So find out about God. Walk in the spirit. Let the Holy Spirit fill you. Uh, the scriptures in John 14, 26 puts it this way. But the helper, some translations say, but the counselor or, or uh, different translations say different things. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. You see, it's not just getting the knowledge in your head. It's having that dynamic internal relationship where the Holy Spirit is there and you're conversing to him and he's conversing to you. It's a two-way street. This is part of that whole Hearing God series that we've gone through twice now, over 300 of you have taken the hearing God and I recommend if you haven't looked at it lately, just grab the material and look at it. Get to know him intellectually, who he is, study the word and then get into a relationship with him. Now let's get back to the Jesus in the garden stuff. Now he was just about to be arrested. I want to remind you of that. And I want you to notice that Jesus asked twice for God to do something. So we left, on, left off on verse 39bA, and then the text goes on. He has just asked for the thing to be removed. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. See, Jesus owned his own feelings. He owned his own frustration. He owned his own struggles. He was honest with God. He talked to God. And internally, though, because he knew who God was, he knew he could trust him. He had utter and complete faith. And he was able to, in the end, come out with this thing, but not as I will, but as you will. Verse 40, he came to the disciples and he found them sleeping. Remember, he had asked them to wrestle this night through with him. They had no idea what was coming up, so they went and had a sleep. And he said to Peter, the text says, so could you, so you could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Again, for the second time, he went away and prayed, my father, if this cannot pass unless I drink it, your will be done. Friends, truth is Jesus, is Jesus was following Philippians 4. He did not deny his anguish. He faced it. He admitted it to God. And he asked the question, is there another way? Yet he knew and trusted God. And he said to him, not my will, but your will. The title of my sermon, if you didn't know, is, I've got to grab it here. I wanted to say it to you. Resting in Jesus, and then I put in brackets, 
bring it on. Resting in Jesus, bring it on. A lot of you are going through some very, very difficult stuff. And I just want you to be honest with God. I want you to enter into that relationship. I want you to know who he is. I want you to get to the point. I I want me to get to the point where in relationship I can actually have a good walk. Listen to this in James 4.15. This is James writing to the church. And he kind of says some interesting words. And he says, Instead, now this was kind of speaking against people that were doing stuff that was all in their own power and wisdom. And he says, instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. If it is the Lord's will, we will do this or that. This is somebody that has a relationship, a trust, a faith in God. God's will is not easy, but it's always good. Let me say that again. God's will is not easy, but it's always good. Let me give you, hopefully, some useful tools to help you know where you're at spiritually in this whole faith journey. Signs you really don't know God. Signs you you might have a knowledge of him a little bit, but maybe you're imposing some authority figure on him and it's not who God is or some confused thinking or some bad theology. So signs you really don't know God. Number one, God is your second choice when figuring out a plan. Make sense? Number two, you make a plan and then ask God to endorse it or to bless it. Number three, God is your backup plan. You kind of get the flow here, what's going on. It's about me, my wisdom, my knowledge. I'm going to figure this out. God is never your first go-to person. Number four, you're never sure if God will come through. If you don't think God will come through, if you don't believe that God's tough, hard will is always the best will, if you don't understand the theology of suffering and what that is for, then you don't know God and how much he loves you. Number five, God seems confusing to you. You kind of have faith. You maybe have fire insurance. You've prayed the prayer. You're hopeful you're going to go to heaven, but you're really not sure on this earth. Let me encourage you. Get to know him. Both in intellectual ways, reading the scriptures, studying him, but also in a personal level, in prayer. Be anxious about nothing, but by prayer and supplication, offer your requests of God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, will guard your hearts, your souls, and your minds. So signs God is in you and you trust in him. Listen to this. You can tell him your anxieties and you trust him and have faith. It will be okay. Even if you are arrested and died, you get laid off on your job, you run out of money in your bank account, there's no food in your cupboard, you need to go to God. You need to talk to God. You need to see where God is leading you through all this, even if you're about to die. Do you have that kind of trust and faith in God? Do you have a faith to thrive in any situation? Oh, Romans 8, 28. Most of us know this person, but 
passage, but often we misunderstand it. But listen, and we know that for those who love God, it's a bit of a condition. All things work together for good. It didn't say easy. It said for the good. So number two, that you know you have a trust and faith in God. You know him well and you speak to him and he speaks to you. This is hearing God stuff. Number three, you sleep reasonably well at night. Now, don't get me wrong in this. There's lots of, I have a bad back. So I think it was 5 a.m. this morning. My back started hurting as I was laying on my right side. Then I moved over to my left side. Was that restlessness because of my internal Trust and faith, no it wasn't, although I take that time to pray. I take that time to hear God. In fact, he gave me this, you sleep reasonably well at night point. I was sitting there thinking about the sermon, I went, ooh, yeah, that's a good point, God. I gotta write that down. So in conclusion, please, please, Pull your underlying emotions to the surface. What you're feeling, what you're thinking, go to God and talk to him about it. Don't be afraid to say, God, if there's another way, but not my will, but yours. And secondly, get to know God. I mean, get to know him on an intellectual level, on these are the facts about God. You know, I remember in college studying the attributes of God. And for years, I wonder, what do I need to know these attributes? Well, this is all part of that trust and faith stuff. Thirdly, in faith, you trust him. In faith now, receive his will. The good, the bad, and the ugly. Remember, God's will isn't easy, but it's always good. Let's bow our heads and pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for the example of Jesus, that Jesus came into this world and became fully human. He humbled himself. And I thank you, God, that he was like one of us. And he was able to show us that we need to take times away to pray. <laughs> We need to have a conversation with you that literally says, this is what I'm feeling. This is what's stressing me out. This is why I'm anxious. And then that kind of Philippians 4 principle where, where he said, not my will, but your will. And, and I know, God, at those moments in the Garden of Gethsemane, you flooded his soul. In fact, the scripture declares that, that you really, really helped Jesus in that moment. You ministered to him. And oh, Father, there may be some right now that they're not sleeping well at night. They're stressed. They're anxious. Oh, God, what a resource we have. What a powerful message we have. This is where the rubber meets the road. This is fleshing out the, the, the ones that maybe just know a little bit about God, but, but they don't really know him. They don't really trust him. They don't really have a clear powerful faith in God and I just pray heavenly father that today we'll come up with a plan and oh God we have so many opportunities we have so many online resources 
We as a church are putting out so many things to help people get to know him, to enter into a relationship with him, to know that he is trustworthy and it will blow our faith up to a huge proportion. And no matter what comes upon us, we know God, we've been with him, we trust him, and we will have faith, not our will, but yours. In Jesus Christ's name, I pray. Amen.